Hello and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Free Like Me podcast. I am Ben Smith, and I'm delighted today to be bringing you the second part of our Share Scheme podcast series. We talked a little bit last time to uh, Rob Hines and Rob Griffiths. Uh, very confusing podcast for me as a host with two Robs. Uh, delighted today that we've got two names that hopefully I shouldn't stumble over too much. Um, Sebastian J. Labar for his third hit on the podcast. Uh, Seb, I know you've had a pretty busy summer buying your camper van and, and traveling all around Devon. Has it been a good one? It's been really good fun. Haven't quite had the uh, international travel that I'm sure we all hoped, but um, but yeah, made the most of it and uh, taken advantage of uh, the lovely British summer that we've had. I guess it's quite hard to detect sarcasm over a podcast, but that was sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, we've all we've all uh, had to put up with that. Um, second guest today, uh, another one of our advisors here at FLM. Piers Oldland is uh, an ex-retired footballer or, or well, semi-professional footballer. Um, he's often been referred to as Hugh Grant for his um, floppy hair and good looks. Piers, great to have you on the podcast for the first time. And uh, I promise I won't call you Hugh Grant again. No, thanks, Ben. And yeah, well, you can't get sarcasm over podcasts, but I know exactly what you meant by those with the floppy hair. And ex-footballer is definitely not true. But no, happy to be here for the first time. Great. Well, look, we've done a bit of background with the two Robs last time. Um, I think what I'd love to do today is just a quick fire uh, recap to get everyone up to speed again. So, Piers, I'm going to give you a couple of different types of share schemes, and I want you to really simply give a 20-second answer for each of them. So, starting with RSUs, what are they? And give us a quick overview. Yep, so a restricted stock unit or an RSU is basically a scheme whereby an employer offers to issue shares to an employee once they have vested. Um, and vesting conditions can be a number of things. Often we see them as a specific period of time of employment or equally they can be performance related too. So once you've ended those vested con vesting conditions, you then get awarded some shares from the company. Great. And restricted stock units we've talked about. The next one is share options. Yeah. So a share option is another share scheme that employers offer. And it's basically where the employee has a right to buy a set number of shares at a fixed price in the future. Um, this point in the future is a set date. And on that date, the employee can then choose whether they want to exercise this option or go ahead with the share purchase at the previous, previously agreed price. So there we're looking for an increase for it to make sense for the employee, right? And obviously they're often, there's that discount, isn't there on the way in? Yeah, there tends to be sort of a, a discount to the, the current market rate for, for those ones. Great. Uh, and finally, one of the other most common ones and another acronym that people have to deal with out there, uh, ESPP. 
Yeah, so this is where employees purchase shares through sort of automatic deductions from their paychecks. And that usually happens over a set period of time, be it six months or a year. And then after that period of time, that money that's sort of been set aside or automatically deducted from their paycheck then gets used to purchase a certain number of shares based on the share price and how much they've sort of set aside. Fantastic. Easy as that. Seb, I'm sure you were listening long intently. Do uh, do people tend to have all three of those or one? What what's what's common out there? Yeah, it really depends with the company, um, and also it, it really depends on what options they have and and their position within the company. Typically, these are really good tools for employers to retain um, key employees, and also they're a really good opportunity for for staff to to create wealth. What I would say is that each scheme, even between different companies, can vary quite significantly. Um, so it's really important to get under the bonnet. And that's three of many different types of share schemes. But I'd say those are the three most common ones that we come across. Great. And, and as an advisor who's worked with people with lots of different share schemes, how do you work with a client to ensure they get the most out of them? So first of all, is to understand exactly how they work and the taxation. And the other thing then to find out is whether the client actually needs to do anything. So I think that's an element where we see a lot that clients aren't actually aware that they need to exercise options within a set period of time, or they don't realize that there's a vesting period, which can often bring opportunities for tax planning. So the first stage, I'd say, is, is shedding light on what they've got, when they're coming into fruition, and when you can actually access them. Um, and then kind of moving into how that fits into financial planning, which is a whole other kind of area. So, Piers, what are some key considerations for someone who is in a share scheme? So I think the first thing you've got to start with, really, is does an individual understand what share scheme they're in or how it works? Because... As sort of Seb alluded to earlier, there is many, many different share schemes out there and they all work slightly differently and they all have slightly different tax implications. So the first thing is is really getting down to the crux of do they know what share scheme they're in? Um, then you need to sort of go down the route of what's their risk profile? Do they have any investment experience? Um, and sort of get a flavour of how they want to or what their overall financial picture is and where this share scheme sits within it because if it's a, a huge amount of their their overall um wealth as it were they've got a, a whole lot relying on sort of one company be that shares salary pension payments and do you want that exposure to to one company um so i think it, it's it's getting into the details of what share scheme are they in what's their their risk profile do they have any experience and what what are they looking to to get out of their share scheme George, you anything, Seb? Yeah, I was just going to add in the, the other thing to kind of, I guess, look at is how it impacts the remainder of their portfolio. So often where you get remunerated in shares, although you may not actually see it, it does add to your tax bill, which can create potential tax bills or move you into different tax brackets. It can also have impacts on your pension allowances. So in a strange way, if you earn more shares on top of a normal salary, it may mean that you can't actually pay into as much into pension as much as you previously could. Um, and so there's quite a few different impacts that it can have to the, to the wider portfolio as well. 
I think that's really important and, and something that often gets overlooked. Um, you, you wouldn't have thought that your share scheme can affect your pension. But as Seb said, it could mean that actually you end up with some nasty tax charges on your pension because the more you earn from things like share schemes, the, the lower your pension allowance might be. So you might be sitting there thinking, I can put £40,000 a year into, into your pension and actually it could be as low as only £4,000. So in that example, if you were putting, say, £20,000 into your company pension, you'd actually end up with a nasty tax bill um, on about £16,000 of that. So a really important one to think about. And again, it's very hard to do this as an individual because maybe you don't know all the different elements and how they interact with each other. But it's why advice is so important and why holistic advice is so important looking at all of your circumstances under one umbrella yeah so just looking at how it can impact wider planning so you know first of all it, it could force you to start completing a tax return um so you may need to complete a tax return for the first time if it pushes your earnings over a certain boundary or if you sell shares up to a certain amount so when we look at a client situation we look holistically across their um uh, financial uh, planning, as well as their tax position and also future tax position. And so that's a very common one where someone may be landed with, a, again, a, a tax bill that they're not expecting. Um, and also kind of risk profile. Naturally, if you're getting more and more shares and they uh, go up in value, the, the percentage allocation of your portfolio to a single company stock is only going to increase over time, particularly if you remain with a company. So that's also a very important consideration. And normally the question that we ask clients is, if all of your bonuses were paid to you as cash, would you choose to go and invest that in solely the company that you work for? And nine times out of 10, the answer that you get back is no, but yeah that's the decision that they make by not actually taking any action. It's such a good way of framing that question, isn't it? To, to turn it round, as you said. And it was, it was something we talked about with, with Rob's, the, both the Rob's last time in terms of how you can become emotionally attached to a share. And, and because you work there and you see so many of the great things happening in your own company, and especially if you've seen that company stock go up and up and up, it can get to a stage where where you almost think it's going to last forever. And we saw it with a lot of tech firms in the early 2000s um, when the tech bubble went pop. Um, we saw it with banking shares in 2008 where, again, they went pop. Um, and we're at a stage now where tech stocks have, again, done fantastically well over the last 10 years or so, particularly even the last two years or so since the pandemic in, in March 2020. And I think we're not suggesting that there's another bubble and, and certainly times are very different to what they were in 2000. But just as easily uh, as a share price going up, it can easily go the other way. And and we've seen fantastic companies in the past. You know, you only have to list the likes of Enron and Nokia and BlackBerry, who have, who have all been absolute superstars in, in their um, their relevant fields and have come into complete financial collapse and um if you were part of that share scheme, it could leave you in a really nasty position. And I think, as well, just alluding to that, Ben, as well, it's, it is all about finding that balance because, of course, you do hear the horror stories and you also hear the massive wins. So, no, you're not going to want to fully move away from your, your, your share scheme altogether, but it is finding that balance to make sure that you have some exposure there alongside your salary and whatnot, but you do diversify away 
into other investments and, and other asset classes too, because I think that balance is so important, especially for sort of long-term prosperity of, of, of an individual situation. Absolutely. And, and I think leading on from that, could you give me an example, Piers, of where, where you've seen a good outcome for, for a client from a share scheme? Yeah, I think, well, the, the COVID pandemic sort of almost accelerated this working from home, as a lot of us have noticed. And companies like, like Zoom, who sort of suddenly you hadn't heard of them, and then everyone's working from home and everyone's working remotely. Suddenly, all these people are using Zoom. And the share price, of course, went absolutely nuts um, around early 2020. And you had people on sort of basic or individuals on basic rate tax brackets within their salary suddenly earning six figures. And then it's a question of, is this still going to go up? Is Do I cash in now? Am I being tax efficient if I just sell it all? So with those huge benefits and big wins that clients see comes a whole lot more decisions that need to be made and that need to be made correctly to, to make sure that you in the future and now are being as efficient as possible. Yeah. And just to add in on that, I mean, historically, we only really used to see very senior members of staff essentially be rewarded shares. I think what we're seeing more and more, particularly in the tech space, is relatively junior individuals being offered to, to join this share scheme. And obviously, with the, the way that tech um, share prices can move in a short space of time, it does result in them being dragged into much higher tax rates, as, as you gave an example nicely there, Piers. So, yeah, it's definitely one to watch out for, and it's becoming more and more common. I'm seeing a lot more flexibility with the way share schemes are being offered, um, and it's becoming more and more common. Um, so I don't think it's something that's going away. If anything, it's going uh, it's going to become more prevalent. Um, so it's something that you need to kind of really make sure the education's out there so people can take advantage of it and make the most of it. Absolutely. And I think as with anything in life, we, we always say that clarity is power. So having the picture completely clear within your head as to what you have, how the tax works, when the bills are going to come, how much you need to set aside, whether you're going to need to sell some more shares, whether that tips you into another tax bracket, whether that affects your pension, what you need to do in your tax return. You know, that there's hundreds of things we could list here and it's impossible to to do your day job and stay on top of all these things yourself. So I think reaching out for some help from, from professionals is really, really important. And to be honest, the, the fees you pay for that should be a fraction of the time and hassle saved, but also the, the potential tax and um, benefits that it'll have on your, on your own wealth. Um, I mean, I've even seen scenarios where people have been in ESPP schemes and it's meant that some months they have no income because they're paying all of the tax from their, their regular income. Seb, I don't know if you've seen seen that before. Yeah, that's a really common one because the way the ESPP works is that um, it seems kind of better than you think on paper. And the reason for that is there's often a matching um, so, you know, your employer might match the number of shares that you purchase or they might give you a discount. But it's important to note that that discount or matching is taxable and it's often collected through payroll. And therefore, depending on the amounts that you do, it can mean that you get some quite lumpy months when they come into fruition. Um, 
the, the holding period on the ESPP is also a, a really important one to look out for. I've seen some that are as little as six months. I've seen some that are as long as three years. And that, and that's basically the whole period that you need to maintain the, the shares before you, to in order to get the matching. Obviously, the shorter time period is preferable because it means that you could uh, rinse and repeat and get another matching or a discount if there is one. Yeah, it's a very funny situation. And I think cash flow is really important to consider when it comes to share schemes, because if the share price is going up, as Seb alluded to, it's going to yield some great results. But in the short term, it, it could leave you short to pay, you know, monthly bills and all of those sorts of things. So again, some some planning around that's really, really important. So Piers, we, we've seen that over recent years, share schemes have become increasingly popular. And we've talked about that. What, what does the future for share schemes look like in the UK? Yeah, I don't think I don't think share schemes are going anywhere really. They're a really good way for companies to attract the best talent and retain it, um, which is obviously really important for companies that are looking for continued growth. Um, and I think share schemes, uh, as we've seen over recent years, they're going to become more flexible. Um, but with that flexibility, they are going to become more complex and. Unfortunately, HR departments within within companies don't have the expertise to truly educate their employees about these share schemes because they are so complex. So I think there's going to be an ever increasing need to to discuss and understand individual share schemes with different companies, because as we've spoken about in this podcast, it's so important, not just now for the tax implications, but for the future prosperity of an individual's situation that you that you make the right decisions with these things and and they are so difficult to understand so i think that they're not going anywhere um i think they're gonna continue to be popular and there's there's gonna be a continued need to to get help and understand them absolutely it's an hr hot potato seb catch anything to add on that <laughs> no, and I think, you know, as I said earlier, the way it's moving is towards kind of a more flexibility on these schemes, which means they're probably going to become even more complex. So, yeah, so I think there's a really big need for, for help in this space. And, you know, that's one area where we're really trying to help HR departments and companies kind of really understand the pitfall, the common pitfalls that we see and, and make sure they are really taking advantage of these. Yeah, great. And I think working alongside those people is really important. You know, having a line of communication between tax advisor and the HR department saves time for, for individuals and saves them having to dig for this information again, which is what a, what a good advisor should be doing alongside you. Um, right. Wrapping up, we, we've covered quite a lot here. I'm very keen to leave our listeners with some parting words of wisdom. So, um, Hugh Grant, coming to you first, what, what what's your uh, parting message? I think the most important thing that when you have when you're presented with an opportunity like a share scheme is understanding what that means and if you don't ask the right people the right questions because as I said it's so key to know what you have and what you're dealing with and the possible implications that can have on you today and in the future so I think don't be afraid to get help because it is so important to understand exactly what you've got um, when it comes to comes to share schemes. Yeah, for me, I'd say the key points that I normally try to bring up with clients is don't get greedy and try not to invest with emotion. Um, take the easy wins, 
So make sure you're using your capital gains allowances and potentially any spouse's capital gains allowances if that's relevant. Um, and I keep coming back to the kind of acid test in that if you had the value of your share portfolio in cash, would you be comfortable putting that all into the stock itself um, and turning it, it, it on its head? I think that's a really key one to really bring it back to make sure that they're comfortable with the risk. Um, and so, yeah, so in that scenario, if you can really sell down the shares tax efficiently over time, diversify your portfolio, you can effectively create a win-win scenario. So that if the shares keep going up, you know that you've not taken that much risk to get there. There we go. Sebastian Labaf's share scheme acid test. Would you take the money if it was in cash and invest it in the share? Really good one to leave us on. Uh, gents, thank you so much for your time today. Um, absolute pleasure as always and, and so much great insight in there. And um, we will be producing some more content from videos and ongoing help on LinkedIn. So please do follow us on there as well. And stay tuned for some more podcasts on other topics in the coming weeks. 